Brilliant Misfits, Episode 62, with Shana J. O'Sullivan, her near-death experience and the gift of grace. Hopefully we get to a point where fear is not a choice anymore because it's, it's hard work living like that. And when we realize that, yes, it's tough building up those, those um, to love and reminding ourselves every single moment that we've got a choice to love, but I realized how tired I was. And that moment was what that fear was doing for me. I'd had enough of fear. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining me. I'm deeply grateful for all of you tuning in. I'm here today with a very special guest, Shana J. O'Sullivan. Today's topic brings me home and into a remembrance of many years ago when I first embarked on a path to align with love and let go of fear. Of course, it's an ongoing, lifelong process, and I know this is not unique to me. I really feel like it's the fun, fundamental foundation for everything in life, for your business, your creations, really everything. And the topic of self-love and feeling worthy and safe and being able to surrender to that love is what my guest has so graciously agreed to share with us today. And she has a really very special story to share about that. Shana has had a near-death experience that has changed her life, and I feel really honored and privileged that she has agreed to share this on the show today because I do know that it has not always been easy to share this information. So without further ado, I want to welcome Shana to the show. Welcome, Shana. Hi there. Thank you for having me. I feel so blessed and privileged too. Oh, oh good. Lovely. So... Perhaps just, um, I'm sure our listeners are a bit curious now, um, what what happened to you to bring you to this point of realization and this experience that you had and this near-death experience? Would you like to share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a, um, a, an unexpected surprise pregnancy, very blessed one, but um our our third little one was not planned and he came along unexpectedly and after he was born um i had a a postpartum hemorrhage um so they call it postpartum because it's after it's more than 2 days after the birth so i actually hemorrhaged um 10 days after he was born um later realized that i had been hemorrhaging internally for that whole 10 days but i suppose the 10 days was when my uterus was full and it and it released um and at that moment of release i it's it's nearly like i suddenly started that that surrender and that letting go and time slowed down everything slowed down and um it's like the innate part of me kicked in and took over and I really had no control over what was happening. And every time I tried to instill my own self, I suppose in me right now as Shana, um, I went into fear and panic. Um, 
and then my my choices became quite obvious you know I was I remember just standing up and handing my my baby to my husband who had just actually walked in the door from work home for his morning tea and I handed him over because I could feel a pressure that was building up inside me and I just said look I need to get up um and I I thought I had to rush to the toilet and I stood up and it and it let go and there was literally you know um warm hot blood running down between my legs and in the meantime he'd obviously must have put the baby down I don't remember but I remember just hanging on to him around his neck going oh my god what is going on and squeezing my legs together so tightly trying to to stop it Mm. and then it suddenly occurred to me that I have no control over the situation that my whole life is letting go and I could choose fear and panic or I could choose to breathe. So in that moment, it, did it just seem like you were in this spacious time? Because normally, you know, I don't think we have enough pauses in our life to actually see that there's this choice no. between fear and and then choosing something else other than fear. So what, Absolutely. Yeah, so that must have felt like a very... I don't know, like a, a long time of uh, a, mm. a grace period of being able to make that choice yeah. in those moments. Yes, absolutely. I think you're right and that's that's where the grace period kicked in and, you know, I I realised this much later that I I spent several weeks in a, in, in a state of pure grace as those choices became more obvious um, over that time of my my healing um but yeah it time did slow down I remember being there myself as me but I also remember that I could I could breathe into me and allow something bigger than me to take over Um, and every time I tried to insert my control it was just a little gentle reminder of that space drawing out longer and longer to to make my choice fear and panic or breathe and really it was it was quite phenomenal because it 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 happened straight away and you're right we don't have those um opportunities in our life that we don't create the space between thought and action or thought and reaction but and I had never had that happen to me before but but somehow I knew, I suppose, that that I allowed that innate sense of myself to come in and do what it needed to do because somehow I knew that I could, I had to relax into that. And it became, I say choice, it was a choice, but it became a non-choice mm. because there was only one way to go, you know, you could. I could have really um, cried and I and I was crying and I was kind of going, what is going on with this? But at the same time... Through my tears, I, I just breathed through it, and you know, I could have, I could have cried and and screamed and shouted and became a mess. And I could see that I was given a vision of that, um, heart beating faster, blood pumping faster, um, losing losing blood quicker. Or I could just relax into that space, and and that became a non choice because that space, that grace. And that surrender, that that is where that is where miracles happen. 
you know, and if we can just relax into that space and realize that we have no control over anything um, and just allow it to be and that, and that is what happened. And I had, I, had a, I had several cycles of that, several cycles where, you know, my, my husband just put me, put me in the shower um, while he was um, getting getting things organized and I, I remember looking down at myself and down onto the floor of the shower and, and there was literally blood everywhere it was not stopping um, and it didn't matter how hard I squeezed my legs together it did not stop and um, I remember being in the shower going oh my god I really just don't know what's going on here and then another another part of me just said let go this is your whole life and just let it go. And then it also it occurred to me that in his panic, my husband had forgotten to put the hot water on. So I was in a freezing cold shower and it just seemed completely ludicrous to me that um, I could even bring like a sense of, I don't know, um, craziness into it that, oh my God, I'm, in, I'm losing my whole life and I'm in a, in a cold, freezing cold shower and it's like torture. <laughs> because and, and I was it somewhat hours. humorous when you were yeah. was it <laughs> yes <laughs> oh it's amazing I know it just completely it just it struck me as it was just completely absurd that he was my whole life literally going down the drain literally physically going down the drain and I was in a freezing cold shower which I I just hate the cold and I hate being in a cold shower <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remained, you know, I, I maintained this sense of complete calm. I, I don't know where it, ca- well, I mean, I do know where it came from at the time. I didn't know where I, it came from, but I just went with it because it felt so good to stay calm and in that space, in that grace. Mm. And, do you think um, that that sort of, um, when you said you didn't really have a choice, you know, I'm listening to you and I feel like what was happening was that, there were multiple things. There was, you know, the Shana, you, the personality, yeah. um, the one that wants to control. There was the the bigger part of you that knew that that was absolutely ridiculous, that mm-hmm. there is no control. And then there was this calm, but you, you gravitated toward what felt right, what felt yeah. calm, what felt good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where the where that's where it came down to no choice because that was the only choice for me, and every time I felt that fear and panic rise up, I didn't even I didn't it, it was nearly like the space had already been created that I didn't need to wait for the choice because I already knew which way I was going, so I just went into that calm every time, and I and I felt the panic rise. I, you know, it was like a tangible thing. I could nearly feel it in my toes. I really actually did not know what was going on and there was nothing I could do to, to stop this. Um, you know, it was just my body. It was doing whatever it was doing and I had no control whatsoever. And once I, my husband got me out of the shower, um, I had I had no pants left, no clean um, trousers or tracksuit pants or anything because the, the 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 bleeding had spotted several times during the day and I just wasn't able to change my pads in time the big those big maternity pads was just were just not enough to hold it so I knew something was wrong then and I had already booked myself in to see a doctor but um, just didn't make it 
And so what we ended up doing is I, I wore my husband's um, tracksuit pants that were covered in paint and um, wedged a towel between my legs. Um, and that struck me as completely absurd as well. <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm walking out to my car. My husband is in a complete tears. He's got a 10-day-old baby. He's, he's put him into the back of the car. And I'm just going, okay, this is, this, you know, I just felt like completely calm. This is happening and this is, I'm just going to sit down in this car and maybe I should call the hospital and let them know that I'm coming. And I just maintained this this voice um, and a calm that I've never experienced before and my husband's driving a bit crazy into, uh, we lived about 7Ks out, out from the hospital and I remember looking at him going, I think you need to slow down. You're going a bit fast. It's only 70 along here. And he looked back at me like I was crazy. Um, and I rang the hospital and I said, I've got, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging. I've got a 10 day old baby. I, um, and I've, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging and it just started earlier. And there was just no, no room for panic, none whatsoever, you know, and they were trying to ask me questions and, and that kind of stuff, but I didn't even really have the answers to their questions. I just kept saying, we'll be there really soon. Um, because those kind of questions, they had no, they held no value for me. Um, Mm. and I didn't even know how to answer them properly. It was nearly like I had already, um, or my Shana, the personality was already gone, um, that I couldn't answer those questions. And when we got to the hospital, they had a wheelchair waiting for me and, um, and I, I, as I got out of the car, I got, had a bit of a moment of panic where, I just didn't think that I could cope with that sensation of losing my life again because it's just something that, you know, that once that first flood went, um, that that was a sensation that I didn't want to repeat ever again. And uh, I, I stood up and I just thought, gosh, they're making an awfully big deal and my husband had parked in the ambulance bay and he'd left the car doors open and I was thinking, no, he's just not doing it all right. It's too too much of a <laughs> there's too much going a bit crazy here. That's not all calm and and um and lovely, you know. And it was just, you know, once and then once I got into the hospital it was all um panic stations. I we lived in a small country town and I knew a lot of the, the nurses that were in there and there was no doctor on but a doctor was on their way and they were getting me ready to, to um, send me off in an, in an ambulance to the bigger hospital, which was 60 k's away. So, um, yeah, but I just remember laying there and I realized, realizing at that point there was nothing I could do to, to control this and I, I just had to ride it out, just see what, what was going to happen, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. And what? Now I'd like to just go back a little bit to this whole calm that, overcame that you know overcame you I guess or Mm -hmm. arose within you because you said that you know you didn't know where it came from but now you do yeah can you share a little bit about that because I have I feel like we all have that in us yeah Yeah. but we just don't actually know how to connect to it yeah yep well in my daily life now I I connect to that by by breathing, by by bringing in one conscious breath. Mm. And when I bring in that conscious breath, it creates that space between thought 
and action. And, and I let myself dwell in that space. And that space is our connection to the one, to, the, to all that is. And in that space, anything is possible. So I feel like my whole life has slowed down because I allow the space to take its place. <laughs> Sorry, there's lots of rhyming words here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think yeah. rhyming words actually helps the mind yeah. to remember things better anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, mm. yes. And I just let that grace period just settle over me, you know, and um and I still have those rising rising doubts and rising anxieties and all that kind of stuff even to this day. But as soon as I remember to breathe because that's all we're doing is we're just remembering how to connect back into that space because you're right, it's, it's, we all have it and it's there for all of us. As soon as I remember to breathe, I just feel it settle over me, you know, like you get kind of um, when you hear some, something somebody says or you see something beautiful and you get those goosebumps and a bit of a shiver all over your body. As soon as I take that breath into connection, I just get that shiver straight away I don't even need to wait for it anymore Mm. so practicing this what you're saying for our audience that's listening Mm. the more that we practice this just creating some space and slowing down the connection happens quicker faster that's right yes because um you know, for three and a half years ago, when I was when I was well and truly, you know, on on my my healing journey, after it all happened, um, we're jumping quite quite a bit forward there. I hope it's okay. Um, I I developed depression depression and anxiety, um, and it was like um, my dark night of the soul. Every terror I could conjure up through through this lifetime and and I believe previous lifetimes you know the deepest recesses of my soul where I had hid things that had carried over I just conjured up those fears and it and it became all consuming um and I I forgot all my tools I forgot that space of grace and I forgot to breathe um because it just it just took over my life in a way that I have never experienced before which you know that's what depression does to us um but how did you get out of that like yeah helped you well I I it came to a head where I just I remember being in my bed um and and just crying and crying and and just you know the the whole house was asleep I think my husband was away on business it was about maybe two or three o'clock in the morning because I didn't go to I didn't sleep because I didn't want those terrors coming in and I lay there in a fetal position and I just cried and cried and I remember going going into that full victim like oh my goodness I don't know what is going on in my life and nobody knows that I'm suffering from this and and it just seems it just seemed like it was taking over everything and then I just all of a sudden I remembered that I could breathe and I took that first breath and once I took that first breath and remembered that I have that space available to me, that was the start of, of making my way back again. But it took really, um, it took took me back onto a path of truth where I had to be fully aware 
of where I was telling myself stories, where I was creating a story and really believing at that story. So every time I went into a story of, of my deep, dark depression, and sometimes I might be, you know, five minutes in, sometimes I was two or three days in, I suddenly would bring myself back to awareness, hang on a second, this is this is just a story that I have created. And I pulled myself up on it every single time and it, it did take me several years um, because I decided that to make my way back to that space, I had to get real. I had to be in this reality and I had to, I was living in this reality. I needed to be in this reality and I needed to tell what the, what my reality was and, and not, not speak my truth, but speak the truth. Mm. And I, I pulled myself back into that every single time and it was tough. It was really tough going because I realized how much of what we tell ourselves is simply not true. It's absolutely not true. Um, and I came back to that every single time. Is this real? And even before I spoke to somebody, I thought about my words first. Is this true? And I really tried to keep my perspective out of it. I tried to keep just the truth in. And, um, and gosh, that's tough because we live in a society that completely supports storytelling. Absolutely. Completely, yeah. And how would you come to that place of knowing it was truth and not a fabricated story or a fear um, habit? Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it was diving so deeply into my fears. Um, and once I realized that they were they were just fears and they absolutely, absolutely could not be true because my biggest fear that I kept diving into was that somebody was going to break into my house and murder me and my children in our beds. And I mean, how did I know that wasn't true? Um, and that that's, that's just reality. Um, and then I also thought that, okay, um, it's not true right now. It's not true tonight. We've made it through to the next day. And if it is true, there's nothing I can do about it anyway. And then I remembered that death is not even real. So what am I even worried about? So I just kept coming back to that. I just kept coming back to that. And, um, and I think that if you, obviously you don't have to go through that kind of experience to get back to the truth, but I think that if you start pulling your awareness up every single time and looking like, um, oh, that, you know, say, for example, that person doesn't like me, how do you know that that's true? And even if it was, what could you do about it? So that's what I kept coming back to. What can I do about it? Well, nothing. There's not, That's nothing to do with me if they don't like me. And, and you know, I think that sometimes we're over-analytic and we're just too sensitive. And if somebody doesn't answer a text or if somebody doesn't smile at us on the street, it's, we make it all about ourselves. And actually, it's really not about you. Nobody's interested in you. They're too busy worrying about themselves, which is, <laughs> which is where I saw that I was. I was so busy worrying about myself that I couldn't see the truth. And once I brought it back to connection and to that space, I could see that, it, that yes, it is all about me, but it's, it's all about me on a, on a massive scale, on a grand scale, as in I am you and you are me and and we are we are that you know and I kept bringing it back to that 
that connection is that we're all in it together. We all just need to worry about bringing ourselves back to the truth. And once we bring ourselves back to the truth, we can show others that we live in the truth. And, and you know, little things that people say to me, they, you know, which kind of take me by surprise, but also reinforces that, that I, I really have committed to this path is people will say, gosh, Shana, I just want to tell the truth around you. I just want to tell you everything, um, you know, and and I, I think that that is because I try to be so, um, I try to bring every word I say into this reality with me rather than the past, rather than the future, rather than something that never happened. I try to bring the words that I have to say with me into the present moment. And when you're like that, there is no space for anything other than that. Mm. I really like what you said before too, making that um, distinction. And it is it is a really uh, big distinction, but subtle. It's, you know, my truth as opposed to the truth yeah. when you're sharing something or talk, even, you know, thinking in your own head, you know, is this my truth or is it the truth? And making that, you know, discernment of which it is so my truth could just be a story yeah yeah and I started to think too that I don't I don't um, really believe any I, I stopped believing what my thoughts had to say mm. um, I figured that if it was starting in my own head then it probably isn't true um, but once you come back to that space you you um, you connect into something else that you don't even think about what you're saying it just comes you know and and isn't in in part of the healer's prayer is that you don't need to know what to say because um god will say what what needs to be said through you you know and if you bring that back to that space every time um then then that's what will happen um and if it if it's just you in your head thinking your thoughts then it's it's a good chance that it's not true Mm. it's just your reality mm. yeah 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 I like that I like that explanation um I wanted to ask you kind of a big question but um mm. is, do you think that I mean because when you were going through this experience you had like this flippy flop thing of like fear and then this incredible calm and relaxed and trusting state where you felt mm. safe like is there a purpose for us to have fear in this, you know, existence? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that the purpose of the fear is to bring us back to the truth because if we didn't have fear, we would always know what the truth was, mm. you know, and I think that um, fear has served its purpose for us in the past where we've, where we've needed it as a survival mechanism, you know, you've needed to get out of the way or you've needed to run or you've needed to, to fight or you needed to freeze, but we just don't live like that anymore. Um, we're, we're very blessed in the fact that we have a very safe society and the only fears that we have are ones that we create ourselves. Um, and even if the worst thing is happening to you, you still have a choice of love or fear. And um, I remember laying in the small little um, prep room uh, while they were, the surgeons were getting the surgery ready 
and uh, the anaesthetist was with me um, and she was just getting um, me ready for the surgery and she said, look, I'm just going to pop in and see how far away they are and, and when they want you, I'll be back in a few minutes. And I laid there and I was completely alone in this small little room. I still had no idea what was going on um, and I could feel that rising panic again um, where I I really actually could could see myself kicking up a fuss and 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 screaming and demanding answers and I really don't know what's happening and I went with that for just a second a, a second longer than than any of the other times that it came in and just just as I I really went into that fear I just went I just said to myself I'm so tired I am so tired of this fear. I am so tired of living. I'm so tired of of everything. Um, and I really just want to sleep now. I really just want to let it all go because I've I've I really felt that fear and I felt felt that like I'd had enough. And just as I said to myself, right, I'm just going to let it go now. And I knew that if I if I let myself sleep, then that would be it was over for me. Um, just as I, I acknowledge yes. that you were going to leave your body. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Mm. Because I was very close at that stage. Um, they were already starting to, um, wonder about the effects of surgery and will I, would I pull through and they had delayed it by several hours because I was being transfused, but losing blood as fast as, um, they were giving it to me. Um, and just as I said, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm too tired for this. I've had enough. A hand a hand reached my hand and said, "You know, you could stay or you could come with us." And it, and the choice was as simple as that. That to stay would be to possibly perpetuate the fear, and to go would be salvation and freedom. And, um, you know, and in that moment, the, the fear served its purpose because it told me, it reminded me of how tired I was of living like that. And I think that that's where we, we get to a point where it, it, hopefully we get to a point where fear is not a choice anymore because it's, it's hard work living like that. And when we realize that, yes, it's tough building up those, those um, to love and reminding ourselves every single moment that we've got a choice to love, um, but I, I realized how tired I was and, I, and that, in that moment was that what that fear was doing for me. I'd had enough of fear. I had had enough. And so I grabbed hold of that hand and I, I let go. I let everything go. And in that moment, I just, I have never felt the freedom and the, the pure joy and, and the, the bliss that came from, from having no body, none whatsoever. And while I had a momentary thought for my children, leaving them behind, it was just not even a heartbeat. While I had that thought, I knew they were safe. I knew they were loved. And I had that big realization that they're on their own journey. And actually, I have nothing to do with that journey except I'm there to love them and to guide them. And the best thing I can do for them is to let them go too. So then I, I, I let everything go and it was just like I, I can't even begin to describe to you. Our words are not enough. I just, I flew. 
I flew away from that fear and that body in in a, in a, it, less than a heartbeat. And all I felt was expansion and, and light and energy and oneness and this huge connection, like I just reveled in that to, to start with. And, and I flew around and I felt like I was a dolphin as they play in the water and they jump in and out and in and out and and they really um, excel, at, you know, or revel in that freedom. And um and I played with that for a while and, and I just, you know, I look back at it now and I think imagine fireworks going off, imagine choirs of angels, you know, that is not even beginning to describe it but, but it's, that's a little bit of how it is. And then I, I was filled with a sense of purpose. I knew exactly where I needed to be and, and I shot off and as I shot off I realised I had nobody. That was the, the first time I, I realized my actual physical body was not there um, and I was just a beam of light. And as I, as I headed off, I could see just a pinpoint in the sky and I headed in that direction and as I was coming in, I saw others, other light beams heading wow. there too um, and I realized that they were there to meet me. And as I approached and I got there, it was, this beautiful circular oak library in the sky. And that was the Akashic Records. Mm. And once, once I got in there, I realised I recognised these, these energies. I, I knew who they were. I knew that they were guides of mine. Um, and I, I just had this amazing reunion. Like it was, it was like coming home to them. They were, they were my friends, my companions, and they were the ones who I had left behind. Um, and it was, it was just an amazing reunion. Like a, you know, like you haven't seen dear friends or family for for years and years, and that that joy and excitement of coming there. And and we really reveled in that for a good while, and until. One of them showed me a book um, and I opened up that book and, and the book was blank except for two words on a page and those two words were um, enough for me to go, oh, my God. And I, I actually physically remember, I don't know how energy light beam, beams um, slump, but I remember my energy slumped. And I just went, oh, God, I've, I've got to go back because I realized at that point I had not fulfilled my soul contract and my soul contract for me to nail in this lifetime or risk having to come back again and again to fulfill it and something that I have carried through countless lifetimes. I don't know. I couldn't tell you how many, possibly thousands of lifetimes mm. was self-worth. Wow. Mm. I'm, I'm very feeling really <laughs> emotional and, you know, it, it, you've, you, you know, you've touched a lot of deep stuff in me and I'm sure also the listeners as well. And, um, you know, many years ago I, I had the privilege and I realize it more and more now um, to sit with uh, a guide who 
didn't have a physical body and he was channeled through a woman. His name was Emmanuel. And he spoke always about the choice between love and fear. And the one thing I really remember is that he said, the only reason we are here is to learn to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that has always stayed with me. So what you said just now about coming back to help people remember their worth, your worth, and and everyone else to have that feeling of worth and know that 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 love that you know is something indescribable as as you've experienced. And I I wanted to maybe just touch a little bit um, on the subject of safety because. Um, I sense that having had this experience and when you said, you know, you knew your children would be safe, they would be looked after, um, I think that when we do have that deep, deep feeling of safety, we know that we're absolutely held. Mm. The, the fear is not there, you know. And I'm wondering if you have anything that you could share with the audience to help them um, perhaps cultivate this feeling of safety to really know that they are safe yeah 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 um it's it's a a difficult one I think because you have to you have to surrender that because that idea of needing to be safe is just another story because Mm. you are safe you know and and I know that that sounds a bit flippant just to say it but I can't um, tell tell the listeners enough about how little control we have over our life, as in the fact that with the more we fight it, the more we try to control an outcome, the more the story gets hold of us. And if I could just somehow let people know that if you can surrender in that space, surrender that control, then then God can come. God can come and and do what whatever it is that God needs to do because you in your little body are not enough to control the outcome of this benevolent, majestic universe um, because it is all operating under its own rhythms, its own patterns, and we are a pattern of this universe. And... Uh, I find it still difficult to this day to bring it back to I because I have experienced just the all-knowing. Um, I'm still formulating a way to, to share it that that brings it back to you. And the only thing I can say is every time you feel like control is coming and you want to control an outcome is to breathe and open up that space between thought and action and I know that you know those feelings of getting sweaty and and you can feel that kind of panicky and that anxiety and and I've got to have this or I have to have it this way I get that I've I've experienced those um and still do to some extent but as soon as I feel it in a bodily sensation I just bring it back to my breath and, and I just know that we're all held. We are all held in this space and we are never alone. And I think that that is part of self-worth and you cannot 
understand that and you can't know that until you know who you who you are and who you are as a divine spark of the universe you know so it it all is this you know it's it's big concepts but it all comes back to every time you think something that is not the truth you've got to come back to that that breathing and that space because that's how we build our self-worth because the more you create that space and the more you experience that love you know that there's nothing um there is nothing else and you cannot help but love yourself I mean I just do not feel that I'm at war with myself anymore yes my ego still jumps in and it thinks it knows what it's doing but I I bring it along for the ride I'm like hey is is that you you're putting your five cents worth in well come on come join me for the day you know and I I sometimes tell my friends and people I'm talking to I feel like I've got to um crazy lady stage because I do actually talk to myself um, and ask myself to join me or if I'm having a bit of a moment where I'm thinking into the future and and this needs to be done and that needs to be done I pull myself back into the present and I just repeat over and over again I'm choosing this right now I'm choosing this right now until I get to the point where I don't even need to remind myself of the choices so it's still a work in progress but you know every single time it takes commitment and dedication and you just have to bring it back to that breath and that space thank you so much Shana that and it you know it's the one thing that we actually can place our attention on instantly yeah it's right yeah. there always. It's always with us. So yeah. it's not like we have to get anything or any special no. equipment. It's just right there. And I love that you're sharing that simple tool for all of us to connect back into. Yeah. Just simple, breathe and create that space. Yeah. And that's the, you know, one thing that I, I realized after my whole experience is that we're all in a in a rush to go somewhere, to be somewhere, to be someone. There's nowhere to go not even when we we leave our body, you know. There was no big journey. I didn't go anywhere. I just left my body. That's it. Mm. I just moved my reality from this space in my body to that space with no body, you know. And that that really struck me as something huge and that, that really pulls things into perspective because it's not a place we go to, you know, as in this place, that place. It's a place that just is. You know, and we have access to that all the time. Like you say, we, we, that's something we can do right now. We don't need anything special to do that. And we don't need anything special to connect back into that space. And the only difference between where I was to where I, I went, I suppose, for want of a better word, is I just did not take my body with me. Thank you so much, Shana. We're just about out of time. I just wonder if you um, have anything to share with the audience if they want to continue to somehow stay connected with you. Like, you know, do you write a blog that they can follow or or is everything still sort of um, a work in progress? Well, yes, there is definitely works in progress. Um, I am currently writing a book um, and I also write a blog which unfortunately has been a little bit neglected as I write 
my book. Um, and my book is, I mean, my, my blog is The Stuff of Stars, uh, Shana J at the end. And I called it that because I, I realised that we, we really are the same stuff as everything else in this universe. And, and just that bringing it back to the connection that we are all one. Um, so you can connect in with me there. I've got a Facebook page, Stuff of Stars, um, that you can follow. Um, yeah, and I would love to create a dialogue with people um, if they have any questions or, or anything like that. I would love for people to get in touch with me and they can message my Facebook page. Um, and the, the blog, I'm still, I'm not so techno savvy. The blog, I don't know how to search for it except through my Facebook page because I link it through. I know that people have found it because they view it. Um, without linking, without looking at the Facebook page, but um, I had to do a real quick um, education in technology to to start even start up the blog. So I'm still working on that part of things. Well, I'm happy to put the Facebook page up on the show notes, so that'll be easy for the listeners to go to. Wonderful! And they can just come and follow your Facebook page where then yep. you can follow the blog and everything else that you have and yeah and have a dialogue I think it's an important dialogue and um, mm. I deeply appreciate that you came today and shared this wonderful story this beautiful experience that you had with us all oh thank you so much I've, I've it's been such a pleasure and the more that I share it and the more I talk about it the more joyful it becomes mm. <laughs> beautiful thank you so much Shana <laughs> thank you bye bye thank you all for being here today if you enjoyed the episode please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe and don't forget to join our private Facebook group Brilliant Misfits and for more information on living a creative life www.asiakennedy.com